Well, Jeremy, uh, this week it's totally on you to be the uh, entertainment. Okay. Like, am I supposed to be like a party? Sort of. You're like... Like a party clown? You're the life of the party. Okay. What does the life of the party do? Well, um... I've never been to a party. Shit. Me neither. Oh, no. I feel like if I were expected to be the center of attention or the life of a party, that it wouldn't go well. Probably not, no. Um, I do remember once in like a hotel room I was at with like a bunch of like a couple friends and strangers at like a metal festival, and I was sort of the center of attention, but I was also like just stoned off my ass and was jumping from bed to bed and tearing up a magazine that uh, <laughs> we were we were given um, as like part of the festival and then someone got mad at me for tearing up their free magazine <laughs> they could have got another copy of well you know, uh, and then he died later oh not that night but like a couple of years later oh was it related to the events of that night uh probably like like his lifestyle oh fair enough probably eventually led him to that fate yeah you didn't hex him did you no i liked him he was cool he had a toxic avenger tattoo and oh yeah that uh, is really cool yeah his name was don but he also talked about how easy it would be to sneak a gun into the festival at one point and i was <laughs> like that's pretty strange don um i didn't know him very well but i was staying in a hotel room with him Okay. Um, it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week you're going to have to be the life of the party. You're the designated life of the party since uh, due to some various technical issues, you did not get to yeah. see this week's film. Through a combination of procrastination and technical issues, uh, I did not watch the movie. You're usually good about at least watching them the day before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I had the day off. So I would have time to watch it because it was pretty short. Right. Um, and I tried to watch it several times, but your server kept crashing. And well. That's not on, I don't want to, it's not all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not my fault in any way as far as my actions are concerned. Right. No, like you're not at fault, but um, I blame the rain. It's probably the rain and the flooding and. I blame the constant flooding. Flooding your brain with... Poison. Poison. You're flooding my brain with poison and fake facts. I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, that's been established now, so... Uh, and I apologize. You should. Uh, but I'll watch the next one, I hope. I hope so, too. <laughs> There's a lot of things at play here. Uh, we're recording this uh, heading into Independence Day weekend for us U.S. people. Yeah, it's Canada Day, if you're in Canada today. It, oh, is it? Or maybe it was yesterday. It's been Canada Day. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, yeah, we actually have a listenership in Australia. Anzac Day. That's what they call it. Is it around now? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about Australia. I know that they were criminals sent there. Yeah. Because um, they were deemed too dangerous to live in uh, the Queen's Queendom. Yeah. <laughs> they were 
pitched from the queendom, and now they listen to our show. Yes. And so, uh, thank you, Australia. Thanks, Australia. Do we have a lot? It was a weird amount, I would say, like in the sense that it's probably like two people, but when you have a listenership as low as ours, (laughs) two people uh, makes a difference. Excellent. I love it. Hang on. I love our Australian perverts. Oh, sure they love when we talk about the numbers. Just to give some perspective, 82% of our listeners... Our, our listens have been in the United States, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, 7% were in Australia. Okay. 4% in the United Kingdom. And then we have a few different places with 1% and less. Ireland, Germany, uh, France, Poland, Canada. Wow, Those we, Canadians. I would think that the Canadians would like us more than they do. We're international. We are international. In the countries that matter, not Canada. Yeah. For just America and Australia. Best buddies forever. We do have some interesting ones with less than 1%, uh, which I guess is like one listen at some point or something like that. But like, we have less than 1% in Croatia, Lebanon, Indonesia. Oh, yeah. uh, Argentina, India, Poland, uh, Ukraine. Uh, Slovenia, Kuwait, Hungary, United Arab Emirates, Yemen, Thailand, Russia, Colombia, Iran, the Netherlands, Belgium, Saudi Arabia. All right. Mauritania? That's in Africa. Israel and the Czech Republic. So, that's interesting. Yeah, uh... That just shows what how big our reach really is. And yeah. by that, I mean how easy it is for people to accidentally click on our podcast when they were trying to click on something else. They might have listened to it. They and, might have. And found it wanting. I mean, they certainly didn't listen to it and think that it was worth listening to again. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I think we should just delete episode one. Maybe. I, I've never finished it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's just like two hours long it's not yeah, a big deal it's not um this one's gonna be two hours long probably not no it'll be 30 minutes because i don't have anything to ramble about it'll uh, be fun you can you can play the part of the audience member who asks for clarification and instead of just agreeing to everything that i say along the way yes and then you'll have to give your review at the end <laughs> all right i'm gonna base my review on the what you said <laughs> excellent i'm gonna base my review on your synopsis <laughs> in the like 10 minutes of film that i saw excellent i did see the trailer and um oh we're talking about the raincoat report oh yeah this is the raincoat report and this is boss here with jeremy you should edit out most of whatever we were just talking about and just start from here uh we'll see what happens okay uh this is the raincoat report uh, the With, Rainbow Report is over for now. The Rainbow Report. Yeah, it's over. We're back. It's July now. We're back talking about heterosex. For now. For now. Unless but, you all act up. <laughs> uh, well, let's just say that that uh, the Rainbow Report was a fun experiment and something that was interesting for us to do. But if uh, listenership is any indication of audience interest, it was not so successful. <laughs> They're cowards. 
I, I agree. I saw that one guy who said that he was going to fo- unfollow us for the rest of the month on Instagram. Yeah. As long as he, I don't know if he listens or not, but, uh, you know, welcome back. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> he came back and hopefully the rest of you came back as well. Everyone come on back. We're going down to town. Where are we talking about today? Today we're talking about our high school fantasies. And Jeremy, do you have any high school fantasies? No. Okay. Um, I'm to an all-male high school <laughs> and I don't really have any fantasies about those guys. Uh, it's all Catholic. Now, what this whole show is accurate about is um, those high school dreams you have where you've been enrolled in like a class for like an entire semester and just not showed up until like the day of and then you have, <laughs> you're not prepared and you don't know what's going on. So this is exactly like that. <laughs> it is, uh, at least for you. Yeah. It's a dream come true. Thank God. Yeah. I love it. At least well, I have pants on. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not even a given for the podcast. So. It's not. Um, so, High School Fantasies is a 1974 release by one of Jeremy's favorite directors, James Bryan. I love him. Actually, he is uh, a director that I truly do enjoy, and I know Jeremy does too. Um, what did he do? Well, he's known for several things. Uh, I would think that the film that probably has the most recognition would be Don't Go Into the Woods. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I knew not to go into the woods, but I didn't know that he was the man who told us not to go there. Uh, In addition, he directed such great films as Lady Street Fighter, Revenge of Lady Street Fighter, and of course, one of one of the films that really rocked your world when we watched it together, Run oh. Coyote Run. Oh wow! So yeah, definitely have to go back and watch this, but I can only imagine it's not as good as Run Coyote Run. It certainly didn't leave me with the same level of uh, awestricken excitement that Run Coyote Run did. Yeah, that that movie is surely a, a treat and a treasure. It's uh, a special little box that you open up and you look inside and it's like a viewmaster where you see God. <laughs> uh, definitely check that movie out. Uh, yeah. So run coyote run just to take a tangent here because it's definitely worth mentioning. Run coyote run is a film directed by James Bryan and uh, put together in his collaboration with uh, Renee Harmon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the star of Lady Street Fighter and uh, Revenge of Lady Street Fighter. And and, and uh, of Run Coyote Run. And of Run Coyote Run, which in fact reuses a bunch of footage from Lady Street Fighter, Revenge of Lady Street Fighter, Frozen Scream, and I believe The Executioner Part 2 as well. Yeah, it's got something, a little bit of everything. Uh, so like, it takes footage from all of those films and cobbles them together along with a bunch of shot-on-video footage of Renee Harmon, uh, years older than she was in those other films, Mm -hmm. uh, playing the sister of the character she was in Lady Street Fighter. Yes. The funny part is that Revenge of Lady Street Fighter also reused a ton of footage from the original Lady Street Fighter as well. So we have some, like, third-hand footage. There's also some footage of uh, Hell Riders in here. There is some footage from Hell Riders in here. 
In uh, well, in Run Coyote Run, to be clear. No, um, yeah, not in this. There's um, stock footage of a football game in this one. Yes, in the in the opening moments, which you saw. Yes. <laughs> um, I was but, gonna be so ready for this one today because I would have just seen it. It would have been fresh in my brain. Right. Um, uh, but instead, my brain's an empty box that doesn't have God in it. <laughs> Um, this this film probably doesn't live up to those levels of excitement, but it might be one of the more competently made films that he made. Although, having watched it twice now, I would say that some uh, seams were more uh, readily apparent to me on the second watch. That's fair. But I also had uh, watched the interview that he had done afterwards that kind of informed... Uh, some of the behind the scenes about the film that mm-hmm. made it so that I was kind of looking for a few things as well. So, regardless, this is an interesting film. It stars Renee Bond, who is uh, not Renee gorgeous. Harmon. No, she is not Renee Harmon, who was also gorgeous in this time period. But uh, she has a, like a weird German Renee uh, Harmon. I, I think so. She has an accent of she some has a sort. Weird European accent. Yes. That really puts her performance and Run Coyote Run over the top. Yes. Yes, it does. But for high school fantasies, we have Renee Bond, who Excellent. Uh, was very popular in this time frame. And uh, she stars in this film uh, in addition to her husband, Rick Lutz, or Lutz. Yeah. Uh, uh, who, we saw this couple in another film a couple about weeks to say, ago. We saw them, and that was a good movie, too. Frankie and Johnny were lovers, yeah, which well, uh, I think we'll cover at some time yeah, soon. It was, uh, man, it was funny. I went in with very low expectations and came out very impressed with it. I woke up at some point and there was just a, a, a computer that was just mocking him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it was good. Uh, he... Rick Lutz just laughs like a butthead between every line. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so definitely we'll cover that one. Yeah, Uh, this is a bit different. Um, So this stars Renee Bond as Mary Lou, but uh, our main protagonist is Larry Barnhouse, who plays Freddy, uh, who is competing for Mary Lou's attention with uh, Rick Lutz's character, Buddy. Hijinks and shenanigans ensue, we'll say. All right. I love Um, both of those things. Yeah. This was actually initially shot as a softcore film, and once it was completed, the producers, seeing that the market was heading more hardcore, decided to adapt it to be hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are several scenes that are that have additions of inserts in here. Sure, and also there are some added scenes that are. Definitely like the characters in the film doing hardcore stuff, but were shot later. Mm-hmm. James Bryan had noted that at this point, uh, Renee Bond wouldn't do anything hardcore, although she would later in her career. So, yeah, that was an interesting little note. Uh, but this is also coming from a time frame where there was kind of a trend going on in popular media. American graffiti had been kind of a big deal. Right. And this is also around the time that Happy Days came yeah, on TV. You got Happy Days. Uh, Porky's? Porky's was the 80s, I was think. Was it the 80s? Okay, but that's still like a similar... Was Animal House set in the 50s? I don't know I that Animal any, House... I haven't seen any of those. But yeah, Happy Days, American Graffiti, uh, 
Grease the film is 78, but I think, wasn't it a play first? I think it was a play. So uh, this is probably around the time that that like became a thing. Yeah. But it, it's an era of uh, high school nostalgia for the, uh, the boomers, 50s yeah, and the, the, early 60s. Those, those boomers that we all know and love. <laughs> uh, glam rock, kind of a return to the 50s, sort of like, uh, or at least it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be based more on like late 50s, early 60s, like rock and roll versus like the psyched out 60s kind of sounds that had just come and gone. Oh, yeah, that Basic, makes sense. Basically, everyone was really upset about the 60s and was just trying to uh, retreat to their childhoods. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Grease, uh, the musical, started in 1971, so that's, gotcha. that that's the same thing. Yeah. And uh, Happy Day started in 74, American Graffiti was 73, so this is the bandwagon they were jumping on. So Yeah, it's a good bandwagon, mostly. Uh, yeah. We all like, we like the 50s, right? Yeah. I don't really... Kind of. Some of it seemed okay. Like uh, I'm more of a 60s guy myself if I'm going to look at nostalgia in places where I wasn't born yet. Like late 60s, early 70s is my jam. I like juvenile delinquents. I like oh, when yeah. kids are acting up. Well, there's some juvenile delinquents in this one. I saw them for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking Eddie Deason and fucking the fawns <laughs> trying to kick that kid's ass uh i saw this really bizarre like non-apology from eddie deason for like sexually harassing some waitress oh is that a thing yeah apparently uh that's he, weird he apparently kept going to like a restaurant and telling this waitress she should wear false eyelashes if she wanted him to eat there and tip and he was like someone could have said something no one told me well, and it was just like 3,000 words in all caps where he just kind of kept repeating himself. And I was like, this is kind of troubling, but it's also too much to read. <laughs> um, I think when something's all in caps, it makes it much harder for me to read, especially when it's something at length. Yeah. And I was like, these are just the rantings of a, of a madman. I also notice, like, w whenever I'm on a message board and I see that, or somebody who just capitalizes things at random. Yeah, yeah. That's another one that drives me insane. You gotta watch out. But uh, I just saw Eddie Deason in Surf 2, the end of the trilogy. Okay. Um, well, he was the bad guy in that, at least. So. That makes sense. He's a troubled troubled young man. And he was man-dark in Dexter's Laboratory. Was he? Yes. I never knew that was him. That's amazing. Yeah. I love man-dark. This one kid got mad at me in high school because... He looked like Mandark, and I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely wasn't on purpose, but he had like a little like swish that looked like an M cut into his hair. So excellent. Yeah, uh, and he got busted for looking at porno in the computer lab. Oh, so that's a high school fantasy for him. Yeah, he, <laughs> he his fantasy was to be busted looking at porn in the computer lab. Yeah, <laughs> specifically, yeah. All right. that's, that's what he wanted. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to go over uh, high school fantasies. Yeah, it'll and... be quick, because I have nothing to add. You have nothing to add, but it also means that I can't speed through it, because I have to give you every detail. Okay, I want all the details. All right. But first, I want to take a break. All right, we're going to take a break, then.
those are not my socks. I can tell. You don't have little footy socks? Uh, I have some little footy socks, but they don't have red uh, lettering on them. They say Hanes. Those are mine. You just wear big, long tube socks? Uh, I wear uh, some crew cut socks. I've seen you just wear those shoes that are with the toes. The, the like, skeletos or whatever? The, yeah, they're whatever. You just kind of jam your toes into them. Yeah. Those aren't really popular anymore. I haven't seen them in, like, a decade. Those and I haven't seen Heelys in a long time. So there was a kid rolling through the store on some Heelys the other day. Oh, yeah. The yeah. store you work at? Yeah. They shouldn't let children in that store. No, they shouldn't. You shouldn't let anyone in there. <laughs> it's really frustrating. <laughs> there are people in there all the goddamn time. <laughs> if you want something so bad, you can knock on the door and ask for it. Yeah. We should have, like, a, a fucking slot you buy stuff through <laughs> you just slide it open and you you make eye contact yeah, with and them. i'm like all right what do you need okay or like a click list for the dollar store <laughs> i don't want you coming in but i want you to talk about this movie okay well let's talk about high school fantasies so okay uh, the movie starts with a flyover of the football field using some obvious stock footage of a football game, as you noted. Yes. Then we see some establishing shots of inside a school gymnasium or auditorium, and there's a stage with a banner that says awards assembly kind of broken down. Uh, and then we see Buddy fucking Mary Lou. So Buddy is one of the jocks in the film. This yes. is Rick Lutz's character. He looks too old to be in high school. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> and uh, he's fucking Mary Lou, played by Renee Bond. Yes. Uh, they're fucking, but it's worth noting that uh, we do see some penetration shots, but they are very close up and don't show anybody's faces, so I'm pretty sure these are inserts made after the fact, as per what James Bryan was saying about the film. Mm -hmm. We cut outside and we get introduced to Freddy. He's the dork here, played by... Larry Barnhouse. Uh, he's being harassed by some ruffians, some thugs. But uh, a teacher comes by to save him. This teacher is Mr. Perwin. We get some cuts back and forth between Mary Lou and Buddy fucking and Freddy, who is talking to Mr. Perwin, talking about how he was supposed to meet Mary Lou for a date tonight, but he hasn't seen her. Mr. Perwin says perhaps she's waiting for him at the dance because uh, Freddie is over here at the side of the football field. Mm -hmm. Apparently he was supposed to meet her there, but Mr. Perwin suggests that maybe she's already at the dance waiting for him. So, Do most high schools have a football game and a dance on the same night? Our high school always did. Did it? We I don't think we did. Or, like, I don't know that every football game had a dance, but, but pretty much every dance except for, like, the prom had a football game that was happening the same night. Okay, well, that clears that up. I think that, like, the dance in earnest started kind of after the football game. Yeah. But it's possible maybe people could go in afterwards. I didn't go to many football games. Yeah, I didn't go to many football games or dances. Uh, I was on the football team for a brief period of time in which I did go to at least one. One dance? Uh, dance and football game. Excellent. Uh, I did not spend much time at the dance in, uh, because nobody liked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's move on then. So, uh, Freddie 
goes into the gym or wherever they're having the dance at, and uh, he talks a little bit to some of our ancillary characters. Uh, he meets Moose, who is Buddy's jock friend. Yeah. Uh, he meets Candy, who is a somewhat manic woman uh, that we get to know more later. And he also talks to Dolores, who is referred to throughout the film as Weird Dolores. Excellent. Uh, but they haven't seen Mary Lou. We cut out to Mary Lou and Buddy, who are necking in a car. Moose comes by the car and talks to Buddy. Uh, apparently, Dr. Bird caught them smoking in the boys' room, and because of that, Buddy got sidelined for the football games. And so, Buddy and Moose are going to get their revenge on Dr. Bird. Hell yeah. Nerds are always telling you where you can and can't smoke. <laughs> so I'm on the I'm on the jock side in this. Mary Lou pleads for Buddy not to leave, but Buddy and Moose have decided that they're going to go play this prank. So they take off and at this point Mary Lou is out in the parking lot and Freddie sees her and approaches her, inviting her into the dance. She says she doesn't want to go in, saying, They'll see us and then corrects herself saying that she doesn't like crowds. She then agrees to go on a ride with Freddy in his car. Yeah. We then see Buddy and Moose. She, uh, she doesn't want to be seen with Freddy. So, yeah, she doesn't want to see, be seen with Freddy because Freddy is a dork. I get that. But she doesn't want to actually admit it to Freddy, although so, she kind of slips here. Yeah, it would hurt his feelings. So they're doing, like, uh, take him to the pig party. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, but... Buddy and Moose are dragging a toilet and a skunk uh, to do their prank. And meanwhile, Freddie and Mary Lou are driving around and they pull over and Freddie starts pawing at Mary Lou. Uh, but she says to stop and she points out that there is another car parked nearby where they are. And so uh, they take off again. Meanwhile, we get more view of the jocks as they're trying to pull their prank, and one of them asks the other if they heard something. Cut back to Mary Lou and Freddy, and Mary Lou keeps saying that somebody could see us here or something, so Freddy just drives off-road completely and into the woods mm -hmm, yeah. with Mary Lou. There's a lot of day-for-night uh, photography here. Great. That is... Somewhat poorly pulled off, but it, it does its job enough, yeah. I guess. I like I like day-for-night photography. I like to see the sun <laughs> and a bunch of big fluffy clouds at night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, try to, I think they did a lot of that when I watched The Erotic Rites of Frankenstein like a week ago. There's a lot of day-for-night. Well, it's a Franco film, so what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it clearly looks like daytime still. Yes. It's beautiful. I have to comment on other movies I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie goes back to pawing at Mary Lou once they found a spot in the woods, and uh, she's kind of being resistant towards him. But then we cut back to the jocks, who are now in a classroom, and they have their faces pressed against a chalkboard. And there is a female teacher, Mrs. Brown, who is there with them with a paddle. 
And she tells the boys to drop their pants. So they got caught doing their prank. They got caught doing their prank. Um, now this, they're getting paddled by the teacher. Yes. Um, so this footage with Mrs. Brown, I'm pretty sure was 100% added later. Excellent. Good. Because um, it mostly fits in with the rest of the film, but there are some inconsistencies. And of course, there's a sudden cut to it here. Right. But essentially, the boys ask if they do what she says if if she won't tell uh, Dr. Bird, who is the one who kept them from playing football. And uh, she says yes, but uh, not before she starts paddling them. Very good. Except this is very, very gentle paddling where she is barely touching them with the paddle. It's disappointing. I really wanted her to lift some skin off. Yes. You know? Really wail on them. Yeah. It's the period in time in American history when you could just beat on children at school, uh, apparently. So, yeah, I mean, my dad go, always. Just go whole hog. Yeah, whole hog. It's year of the hog, by the way. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's time to go whole hog. Uh, yeah, I know my stepdad went to. I think he went to St. X. And, yeah, St. X. Yeah, that's where I and went. And he got the shit beat out of him all the time. And that was in the, like, early 80s so sounds right uh no one beat me there one of my teachers did hit me on the head (laughs) (laughs) what did you do something to at Uh, least in their eyes earn that yes i was in like the library and was just talking shit about him and he came up behind me and bonked me on the top of the head with his (laughs) ring (laughs) which is really good and cool for uh teachers to do (laughs) (laughs) while this is going on with the jocks and the teacher freddie is essentially sexually assaulting mary lou sure Uh, he's putting his hand in her vagina and she's telling him to stop and he's just keeping at it excellent uh she calls him an animal and tells him to keep his fingers out of there um but we cut back to the teacher and she says boys Rape is such a dirty word, and love is such a beautiful thing. She says, You boys wouldn't want someone to hear the two juvenile delinquents tried to rape me. But she tells them, I have so much to teach you. And then uh, she starts fucking the boys. Excellent. What's the line from uh, Hellraiser? Oh, what's... oh, I have such sights to show you. I have such sights to yeah. show you. Yeah, Yeah, that's more or less. That's pretty much what happened. So it's a lot like Hellraiser. Yes. Uh, She is very much like Pinhead. She just peels off their skin. Yes. Man, I'm going to have to watch this movie. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, that's not exactly what happens here. Um, But uh, back to Freddy. He's on top of Mary Lou, and uh, he's like trying to mount her, but she says to him, you promised to keep your eyes closed. And he's like, I am. Uh, so they're having some really weird sexual encounter. She, it's, it's weird cause she goes in and out of consenting to him. Yeah, that sounds right. She's Mary Lou's being a tease. Uh, we cut back to the jocks and Moose is reading Shakespeare while Buddy is fucking the teacher. After a while, we get a close-up of Buddy fucking the teacher, penis and vagina close-up, and we hear... Moose chanting touchdown over and over again. We cut back to Mary Lou and uh, Freddy in the car. And they're not doing anything anymore. They're just in the dark sitting next to each other. And Mary Lou's telling some scary story about a guy with a hook. 
and she's getting all frightened in the dark. Cut back to the jocks, and Buddy has this diagram on the chalkboard, and he's going through each each thing. He has five things writ like written in this diagram that looks like it's in the shape of a house. Okay. He explains that um, this diagram goes over Shakespeare's five comedies. And he points to a part on the diagram that says wet. And he says, wet, Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, and while this is going on, Moose is fucking the teacher in the foreground. Sure. Uh, he points to where it says dry, and he says, the twelfth night. Then he points to a, a block that says three inches on it. He points at it, he says, three inches. Much ado about nothing. <laughs> and he points to one that says six inches, and he says... As you like it. And then he points to one that says nine inches, and he says, The Taming of the Shrew. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Mrs. Brown is riding Moose, and then uh, they're chanting, Touchdown, touchdown. Or Moose starts yelling out, I'm taming the shrew, I'm taming the shrew. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We cut back to Freddie and Mary Lou, and Freddie's trying to take off, but his tires just spin in the mud where they parked. Yeah, because he drove off the road. And then uh, some headlights turn on, and Mary Lou jumps out of the car and says she's never been so embarrassed because she's been seen with Freddie now. Uh, but she's greeted by Candy, who gets out of her car and offers Mary Lou a ride, and they take off, and Freddie's just there with his broken-down car. Or at least a stuck car. Yeah, he's... To get a tow truck, probably. Get that out. We get more montages of the teacher fucking the jocks. They switch position. At one point, she's riding one, sucking the other. We get some doggy sex and uh, some exchange to oral. And uh, then we get a cut to the teacher complimenting the boys on their work. We see some shots intercut of Freddy walking home, just walking through the woods alone. Because he doesn't have a cell phone to call a tow truck. Oh, yeah, because it's the 50s. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One thing on the teacher's board that's interesting is in chalk at one point it says, Assignments, Under the Grandstands by Seymour Butts. (laughs) Uh, We then get a cut to a a shot of a yearbook flipping open. It's kind of a cutting to the next day at school. Okay. Uh, we get an establishing Transition. shots of like the people walking around at school, and then overdubbed is what I guess is supposed to be the school's fight song playing. Then we see the thugs from earlier smoking outside in their leather jackets and sunglasses. They're pretty cool. <laughs> they see Candy walking by, and they start to chase after her. Uh, Freddy sees them and... Asks if they're chasing Candy and stands up to them slightly, but one of them pulls out a switchblade. But Candy notices that there's some cops over across the street, which of course we don't see. Uh, But the thugs say, you're lucky, and then they take off, basically. These guys are constantly stopped by, like, present authority figures. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, kind of pussies. Yeah. They're not too tough. They don't deserve those leather jackets they wear. No, I'm gonna beat them up and take them (laughs) (laughs) we then cut to freddy walking into the locker room and talking to buddy and moose Uh, buddy and moose are picking on him for being a virgin and when freddy goes to shut his locker it says 
uh, written in marker or paint on the locker, Freddy is a virgin. But they say something about perhaps being able to help him. And then we cut to another scene in a diner where Buddy and Moose are eating and Freddy walks in. Mary Lou, Candy, and Dolores are all in booths in the background, but they're not involved in the scene at, at all. They're just kind of... They're kinda, just hanging out. They're just they're hanging, hanging out. hanging out at the hop. At I the, mean, I guess... The malt it do- shop. Yeah, it does make sense because there are scenes later with them all in the diner, so I guess it makes sense that they're hanging out there. Yeah, they just like their teenagers. What else are they going to do? They're just going to hang out. <laughs> so, Freddy walks in and sits beside Buddy and Moose, and Buddy starts telling Moose about somebody whose name I couldn't make out, but he says that he used to be a virgin, but now he gets it every time. He just has some stuff that he pours into the girls' drinks, and they go wild and get naked. Oh, yeah. Uh, ecstasy. Uh, so, this is a story about Spanish fly. Okay. Or about date rape. Yes, excellent. <laughs> Very good. Buddy mentions that this stuff is so powerful that one time this guy they're talking about couldn't get it up, and uh, he gave her the Spanish fly in their car, and she ended up fucking the gear shift. So, Freddy overhears all of this, but uh, doesn't really give much response, and we cut from there to another scene of the jocks with the teacher, Mrs. Brown, and she's blowing them. So, uh, Mrs. Brown's lessons continue. We cut to Freddy, who's at home in his bedroom, and he's reading. Then we cut to Mary Lou, and she's on the phone with Freddy. She tells Freddy that apologies aren't enough, but uh, he tries to get her to go out with him, and she says she can't because she's got to wash her hair tonight. And then they're chatting a little bit, and she says, oops. And then he's like, what? what? And she says, oh, I just dropped my towel, and I'm just naked to the world. <laughs> so she's on her, her end in this very sheer night robe. Yeah. You can see all the way through, and she's completely naked. Hell yeah. Um. She talks about how it's a good thing he's not there because she's all excited and she talks about how her bed's so soft as she lays down and she's lying there completely nude. So she's being a total fucking tease at this point. Yeah. What's her deal? I don't know because you would think that she would just not give him the time of day, but she keeps fucking teasing him. Yeah. What's what's her end game? Like, even if she was naked, she didn't have to point it out. Yeah. You don't got to tell this guy. He doesn't need to know. Especially if you're just going to leave him in the woods in the middle of the night. Yeah. So we see Mary Lou on her end at the end of the call, and we don't hear what Freddie's saying, but apparently he says something dumb about how she might catch a cold, and she tells him goodbye and hangs up on him. We then see Freddie pull out a nudie magazine and lay on his bed looking at it. We then see Freddie sitting in bed, and he kind of there's some cutaways where it looks like he's imagining looking up Mary Lou's dress. Um, and then we see Freddie Lou calling uh, Mr. Perwin, the teacher from earlier, uh, the male teacher, not the one who's fucking the kids. No, yeah, I, I remember Mr. Perwin. He tells Mr. Perwin that he's going to come over and talk to him. So we cut to Freddie at Mr. Perwin's place, and Freddie tells him that he sees sex everywhere. Mr. Perwin says, I hate to say it, but you just need to get laid. He says that he needs to take Mary Lou out and fuck her silly. Freddie says that he has too much respect for Mary Lou to do that. Uh, although, I would say that his actions haven't really said that. Yeah, and it seems like the night before he was really trying. Right. So, I don't um, know. But uh, uh, he this says... Isn't, this isn't really great advice from a teacher. No. 
Uh, but he says that he respects her as a person, but Mr. Perwin says, she's not a person, she's a woman. Okay. <laughs> all right. And she says, they all want to be treated the same way. Rough. So this is all great advice coming from a teacher. It's all stuff you want your high school teachers to believe. <laughs> uh, speaking of high school teachers who believe that, we cut to more shots of Mrs. Brown riding one of the jocks and finishing the other one off with her mouth and hands. Hell yeah. Uh, we see at school Mary Lou being approached by Freddy, who puts his hands around her head and goes to make a move, but she pushes him away and walks off. <laughs> And then we see Freddy approach Buddy and Moose again in the parking lot. He asks them if they know where he can get some of the Spanish fly that they were talking about. Buddy says, well, let me think about that, and spends a few minutes hemming and hauling, and then he says that he should go to see Weird Dolores. So we see Freddy approach Weird Dolores' apartment. He knocks on the door and uh, gets no answer, but he just walks in. And there's loud music playing, and he calls out to Dolores, seeing if she's there, but she do he doesn't get an answer. So he starts to walk in. She is fucking some guy in her bedroom, and we get to see a little bit of that. Uh, this guy is still wearing sunglasses, and he's naked with her. It's pretty cool. But uh, Freddy peers in and watches them fuck a little bit. Uh, this is another scene where I think there's some inserts of hardcore into an uh, originally shot as softcore scene because we get some penetration shots, but they're all zoomed in really close. Uh, at the end of this scene, we see Freddy tape a note to the door uh, w that is very poorly spelled, which I think is weird for somebody who's this much of a nerd. You would think that they would at least like pay attention in school and know how to spell things. No. Uh, but it says, I came by, you weird, W-E-I-R, you weird doing it, uh, doing it was capitalized. Nice. What to got, and got is capitalized, some Spanish fly, P-S-S, C-U in English 300, Fredic Collier. So Fred Collier is his name. But it's not Frederick. In this note, it's Fredick. I think he just can't spell. Uh, your friend. So as Freddy is walking away from Dolores' apartment, he gets harassed by the thugs in their leather jackets again. Oh, they pull their knives out and start to chase him away. He says that he was just going to see weird Dolores, and they're like, oh, why would you call her weird? And they start to chase after her. Uh, they throw bottles at him, and they uh, miss him and hit the wall behind him, which says in big letters, Mrs. Brown is a cunt. <laughs> Back at the diner, we see Mary Lou sitting in a booth, and Freddie sits down next to her. Mary Lou says, if he wants to know what a wimp is, look in the mirror. And then Buddy shows up and asks if Freddie is getting any, and Mary Lou says that she's disgusted by them and walks off. Buddy says Mary Lou must be riding the cotton pony. Oh, yeah. She's on the rag, for sure. Uh, and uh, Buddy clarifies that to Freddy, who didn't understand what it was before. <laughs> Freddy says that it didn't go well with Weird Dolores, but Buddy says maybe he can set him up, and he whispers something in his ear. And then he says, you wonder why she's called Candy? So then we 
do a cutaway and we see Candy and Moose. Candy is naked wearing just this red sash around her waist and she's wrestling with Moose in this like cabin. They're wrestling naked with each other. Yeah, that's how you wrestle. Cut to like a field day or something and all the people at the school are outside. Mr. Perwin's at a picnic table with Freddy who's just kind of zoned out. Buddy walks up to Freddy and tells him that everything's all set up and Freddy leaves. Buddy, sitting at the table with Mr. Perwin now, is approached by Mary Lou, who invites him on a walk. So then we see Freddy walk into a cabin, and Candy's standing there naked, save for that red sash around her waist. And she then takes him to the ground and starts to wrestle him. Uh, Freddy does not know what to do here. So Buddy and Mary Lou fuck on a blanket, and we get cuts back and forth between Candy thrashing Freddy or about... (laughs) And uh, Buddy and Mary Lou fucking outside. Candy undresses Freddy and whips him with his clothes. And uh, we get some hardcore shots here. Again, probably inserts because they're all close up. But they're very frothy and gooey. Excellent. Gross. Um, After a while, we finally see Freddy outside alone. And he's kind of upset. We cut to the morning and Freddy's watching the TV. And we hear a JFK speech as he's looking at the TV. And he leaves for school. Um, But the political theme doesn't stop there as Moose is there looking at a bulletin board that had Kennedy and Nixon's face on it. And he pulls Nixon's face off of the board and says they're lucky that Kennedy beat him. But Freddie, talking as wimpy as possible, says, one day the country will need a guy like Nixon. (laughs) God, Freddie sucks. Uh, So it was like 19... This is 60... 263 i guess maybe 62 i don't know well there the nixon but kennedy nixon was 1960 this was in the 50s well no this is 62 or 63 oh okay it's a it says it at some point in the movie i think it might be maybe it was on the yearbook that was the establishing shot i don't know then why are they marketing this as being in the 50s it's not i'm gonna flip it's not in the 50s, it's the early 60s. Listen, I don't the, remember exactly where it says it. The tagline says, a fabulous flash of the 50s. Well, that's terrible marketing. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one day we are going to need a man like Nixon. <laughs> uh, we see Freddie approach Mary Lou. She tells him to go away and says that Freddie doesn't have any experience and you have to have experience to be a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We cut to Buddy and Moose who are talking, and Buddy explains to Moose that he's going to sell Freddy some Spanish fly. Moose asks him how, and Buddy says they're going to make it, and they bring up how it's going to be just like chemistry class. So we see Buddy and Moose in like a garage or basement or something like that, and they're basically just mixing a bunch of random shit together to sell to Freddy as Spanish fly. Uh, The ingredients are one beer, although it's not clear. They take a drink out of it, and I'm not sure if they're just sharing it for themselves or if it's part of the concoction. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also some vanilla bean extract, some crunchy peanut butter, some castor oil, some Tabasco sauce, Mm -hmm. and some X-Lax. You want to mix some of this up later? Uh, Perhaps. I mean, it works, so... Okay. I'm ready to get real horny on (laughs) on your couch. Yeah, we're going to just sit there and drink it. (laughs) Sit Uh, there and drink it and watch Strike Commando. Excellent. (laughs) 
So they pour it into a tiny canola oil bottle. I know it's canola oil because I can read the like indentation on the bottle where it says it. Oh, look at Mr. I can read. <laughs> so fucking proud. Uh, we cut to the next day and they're selling it to Freddy for $75. He says that that's ridiculous and in 60s money it really is. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, but they convince him that a millionaire was going to pay them $150, but they're going to cut him a deal and give it to him for $75. So we see Freddy scrounging around his room, and he pulls some single-dollar bills, and he starts to pull some collectibles off the wall and some coins and everything. Damn, that's about $600 (laughs) a day. That's crazy. Uh, So we see him uh, the next day giving Moose and uh, Buddy... A bunch of wadded bills that apparently add up to to seventy five dollars. Uh, then they hand him this tiny bottle, and Freddie notes that it's really tiny. But they're like, "Oh, you only need just a little bit." He says that it looks like it's a shoe polish bottle, and they say, "Well, you don't want anybody knowing what it is. You might get in trouble." And then he opens it up and smells it, and says that it smells like shit. He's like, and they're like, well, it works though. Just give them a couple of tiny drops and it'll work. They say, with that, even he can score. So we see him pour a couple of drops into a bottle of Coke and then he shakes it a little bit and it starts to fizz up and bubble out of his fingers. Then we cut to him driving and then cut to him approaching weird Dolores. He offers her a Coke, but it's he has it just wrapped in a newspaper, and she thinks that it looks weird, and she just takes off. Uh, as she's taking off, she says that his brother is a six-foot cockroach, and he lives in a trash can. What? <laughs> um, we then see him approach Candy, and she asks for a sip of the Coke that he's carrying. He hands it to her, but she notes that the bottle is sticky and it's hot. And she hands it back to him and calls him weird and leaves. So we see him back at home and he puts it in the fridge. Cut to Mary Lou and Freddie talking on the phone again. Mary Lou's naked at home again. And uh, Freddie offers to take her out to get a Coke. Uh, She says no, but then he offers to go to her place with one and she just blows him off. At this point, we see his mom notice the Coke in the fridge, and she asks why there's a Coke in the fridge. She picks it up and almost starts to drink it, but Freddy walks in and grabs it from her and takes off. As he's leaving, his mom tells him not to go near that public pool because that's how people contract polio. Oh, yeah, that was a real problem at the time. (laughs) Then we see Mrs. Brown fixing a lamp, and Buddy walks in, and she yells at him because they've missed a lesson. She says because of that, they can forget the homecoming game. So then we see Buddy leave, and he approaches a car where Moose and Candy are sitting. Candy takes off, and uh, as she's leaving, she says, Freddy the Geek is coming. Freddy approaches Moose and Buddy, and... Buddy tells Freddy that Judy Withers does it with everybody. As Freddy leaves, Buddy and Moose start scheming. And then we see Freddy with Mrs. Brown. Now, 
this whole Judy Withers thing, I don't feel like comes to fruition anywhere. So I, I feel like that's kind of part of this whole thing being complicated and weird. Yeah, the false um, lead. Right. Something well, that might have got like left in the script. That. Well, the thing to keep in mind is uh-huh. Mrs. Brown. I think this Mrs. Brown character is not in the film other than these hardcore scenes. Okay. Other than her name being written on a wall in another scene. Right. But, like, she is in these hardcore scenes with the jocks. And I think that this scene with her and, F- and Freddie was probably also added later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe there was supposed to be a scene with Freddie and Judy Winters that got, or Withers, that got cut later. I don't know. But Could be. Essentially what happens here is Freddie gives Mrs. Brown this Coke. And meanwhile, Buddy and Moose are waiting outside the window of Mrs. Brown's classroom with a camera. So they're going to get a picture of her with Freddy to use it as blackmail to make sure that she doesn't keep them from playing the football game. Yes. Now, this concoction of various crap that Buddy and Moose gave to Freddy seemingly works. Because Mrs. Brown starts to undress... And okay, uh, but she's just fucking all her students anyway. It seems like. Well, that's true. That's a good point. At least the jocks, maybe not a nerd. So maybe it does work. We'll see. I haven't seen the movie, so I shouldn't be saying anything. I guess that's a good point, though, from a from a outside right. observer. Thank you. Freddie and Mrs. Brown start to touch and undress. Moose and Buddy are watching from outside. Mrs. Brown tells Freddy, there's only two things you have to remember. One is to put it in, and the other is to move it around. And she says, I'll even help you put it in. He mounts her, but he's just kind of jiggling his hips from side to side. <laughs> she didn't specify like what kind of moving he had to do or anything, though. No, so not at all. And she her. seems kind of un- upset with this, but as he's doing that, it seems that his toe goes into the lamp socket of this lamp that she was trying to fix earlier. Mm-hmm. Get electrocuted. Uh, perhaps. Okay. There's like a weird sound as it's going on that might indicate that he's being electrocuted. But we do get some some shots that indicate that he is indeed having hardcore sex with her in this scene. Yes. Uh, a, pan, a pan from the penetration shot over to their faces. The electricity's turbocharged him. Yes. Now he knows how to fuck. So he fucks her on the desk, and then we see her blowing him and him dorkily moaning. (laughs) Buddy and Moose take a picture of what's going on, but they realize at this point the Spanish fly seems to be working. Excellent. Good. So then we see Buddy and Moose. They've decided that because their Spanish fly is working, they could be millionaires, so they decide to make some more, but they don't quite remember the ratios. So we cut to Freddy. He's at home combing his hair, but he's really upbeat. Seemingly, his confidence has gone through the air. And then we see Freddy in his car with weird Dolores, and they're kind of necking and making out. Then we see Mary Lou. She's talking with Buddy on the phone. Uh, She mentions something about the super stud that everybody's talking about at school, and apparently Buddy is claiming to be the super stud. She asks him why he doesn't turn on the charm for her. We see Freddy and Dolores fucking in a car. Weird Dolores? Yes, weird Dolores. Does she look weird? Not really. Do they give any indication why she's weird Dolores? Not really, no. That's a bummer. 
I mean, I would say she's not the most attractive woman in this film, but she's not particularly unattractive, or her behavior in this film isn't particularly weird, so I can't really It's just different standards it. of the time. I suppose. Perhaps there's more of her personality, because we don't really get to hear her talking a lot in this film. Yeah. There's probably, yeah, when she starts talking, she just says weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> always talks about how the communists are in control of the government <laughs> only the close-ups in this scene are hardcore so again these might be inserts as well um we see buddy meet with mary lou at the diner and she tells buddy that freddie called her but she told him boys will have to wait now that she has a real man referring to buddy himself then we see a woman who I have not seen at all on the screen up to this point, who has never introduced or anything. Uh, she takes a drink of a Coke in a bathroom, and then she opens up the shower curtain, and Freddy's in there showering. And she gets in the shower with him and starts blowing him. Uh, so again, Freddy's getting around. Yeah, he's With the Spanish fly. And he's blossoming with the help of his date rape drug. Yes. <laughs> So, we see Freddy at the drive-in with Candy in his car. He's making out with her, and she's super into him. She says, Freddy, baby, darling, you're wonderful. And he says, I know, <laughs> in really <laughs> wimpy talk. Um, she's really into him, and she says she must have it now. Uh, we get a cutaway to Buddy and Moose, who are checking out their Spanish fly formula and trying to make more, but we cut back to candy with freddy and she keeps saying she must have it now uh but dolores shows up at the car and uh freddy says freddy asks candy if she wants a coke or popcorn and then goes to get it but candy is all horned up and needs it now so dolores joins candy in the car and uh candy demands to come now and so Freddie shows back up at the car, and Dolores is eating out candy. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's this movie playing on screen that seems like it's a fake movie made for this particular, in particular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a title screen, but it's like really dark, and you can't make out what the words say. But there's like a, a mummy with a zombie face, and there's like this first person shot of somebody holding a gun and trying to shoot at the <laughs> zombie, but it doesn't work. It's very cool. When you watch this, you'll enjoy it, I'm sure. Yeah, I want to see that movie. It's just some other James Bryan thing <laughs> that you haven't seen yet. Perhaps. In my notes, I put, this movie is amazing. <laughs> we see Freddy talking to Mr. Kerwin at Mr. Kerwin's house. Freddy's upset that the girls were doing it with each other and says, it's this stuff's fault, holding up the bottle of Spanish fly. He talks about how there's these tales of the super stud at school, but in fact, nobody knew that it was him all along. Freddy says it's not true, though, because without this stuff, the super stud is just a geek. Mr. Kerwin grabs this bottle of Spanish fly from Freddy and takes a squig and says that it's not real. Yeah. Uh, but then he takes a moment, and then he has a reaction, and then he starts grabbing towards Freddy, who takes off. <laughs> then finally, we join Freddy at the dance, right. the new dance. We're homecoming. Uh, sure, we'll say it's homecoming. It's oh. not. It's not called homecoming at any point. We just get a hard cut to a dance, but hell yeah, we'll say it's homecoming. I know the Might whole as well thing. Be. I know the whole thing was like building to homecoming. I don't know how close we are to uh, the end. Uh, I guess this is homecoming, then. All right. 
Freddy pours the rest of his Spanish fly in a cup, and he seems kind of dejected. Uh, but we also see Buddy pouring some Spanish fly in a cup as well, which he then gives to Mary Lou. Him and Mary Lou are talking to one another, and they promise that they'll love each other forever. But Mary Lou takes a drink and immediately spits it out on Buddy and shoves him away and calls him an asshole. Freddy's looking at the last bit of Spanish fly in his cup, and he says, Goodbye, super stud. He's standing by a garbage can, and I think he's about to throw it away. But Mary Lou comes by and grabs his cup and drinks it, trying to wash away the uh, taste of the other drink in her mouth. Mm-hmm. More or less immediately, Mary Lou starts fawning at Freddy, and we see them dancing at the dance with each other. Cut from there, we see Freddy and Mary Lou naked in bed. She's wearing her sheer nightgown she was wearing earlier, but he's completely naked. Yeah. He tells her he wants their relationship to be real, not a concoction. But Mary Lou tells him she's found her real man and tells him to shut up. Then we cut and see the jocks fucking Mrs. Brown again. Then we see Candy and Dolores who are dancing with one another after their drive-in fiasco. Maybe she's weird because she's a lesbian. Or at least bisexual. Maybe. She's kind of weird in 1962 or 1961 or whatever. They make eyes at the thugs from earlier in their leather jackets. But the thugs just flip the girls off. And they've also got two black eyes. And there's nothing in this film that would explain why that happened. Perhaps that scene was cut or something. Yeah, they... Got their asses kicked. Uh, But Mr. Kerwin comes up behind them and puts his arms around them, saying that they shouldn't have trouble getting action, the nice young men they are. And I don't know whether or not Mr. Kerwin's going to fuck these guys or not, but I think he might. It always kind of seems... He seems like... Okay, I won't say always because I haven't... the, (laughs) The 30 seconds that I saw of him on film, he seems to be... Maybe kind of a creepy teacher. Perhaps. He has kind of a flamboyancy that I would associate with a 70s person uh, hinting at somebody being gay. Yeah, he's kind of like coded stereotype sort of gay a little bit. Like he's not like out and out. Yeah, he's not like way over the top, but he has a a little bit of it. You feel like maybe he does want to bang his students. Perhaps. And maybe now that he's full of all this Spanish fly that he drank. Because he took a swig out of the bottle, whereas before it was just a couple drops each time. Yeah, he's real horned up. He's probably the one who injured those jocks. Oh, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) So we see a bunch of Freddy and Mary Lou doing it. And we get some cutaways to them in graduation caps in a field together running at each other. Yeah. Then we also see a photo of Mary Lou in a wedding dress and him in a suit. Um, then we get cutaways to a bunch of the hardcore sex from earlier in the okay. film. Uh, it's like the end sort of, of American, randomly. It's kind of like the end of American Graffiti, but... Maybe. I haven't seen American Graffiti. I know at the, they kind of like popularized like that thing at the... I think they popularized it the sort of thing at the end where like it tells you like what the characters went on to do or whatever fair enough i think that's kind of 
or kind of like had like callbacks like earlier in the film. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Freddie and Mary Lou keep doing it in what appears to be simulated sex here. And uh, we get a bunch of cutaways to the hardcore footage from earlier in the film in a way that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but one thing that we do see is a cutaway to a photograph of Mary Lou and Freddie. They appear to be older, and they're, like, standing on the street with a kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the indication is they, like, fell in love and had kids and got married and all of that. And then uh, Nixon became president. And then Nixon became president. So, uh, Freddie's life turned out for the best. Yeah. And, uh... That was our high school fantasies. He's just like a Supreme Court justice. Just fucks around a lot in high school and gets into uh, conservative politics. Yeah. I did note that in the uh, credits, it did say that the music was by Damon and the Mysterians. Okay. They... Uh, who did basically uh, like spoofs of a bunch yeah, of doo-wop songs. Yeah, the first the... one I heard was kind of like... A... Yeah, like a spoofy doo-wop bit that I did here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole film is full of those that sound like 90% like doo-wop songs that you might recognize. Yeah. Uh, but, like, like the actual uh, like uh, chord progression and everything is exactly the same, but the words are different. Yeah, that's how you write a parody song. More or less, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the music is actually pretty good in this. I liked it. It was cool. Cool. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to. When I'll watch it soon. All right. So uh, we're I'll, gonna take I'll watch this one. <laughs> You're gonna watch this one. Yes. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back uh, with, I guess, my review of High School Fantasies. All right. Good. I hope you do. You go first. All right. Well, welcome back to the Raincoat Report. Uh, this is Boss here with Jeremy. And, I'm going to uh, turn the podcast over to you for the Raincoat Review. Very well. So why don't you give it to us, please? Sure. High School Fantasies is an interesting film. There are really two reads for this film, depending on your perspective. Yeah. There's one perspective where you could see it as the zany antics of a nerd who's trying to come to grasp with his sexuality in high school. And after having tough luck, he gets a magical uh, elixir that helps him become the super stud of the school, gain notoriety, and fall in love with the woman that he's fond for all of this time. Yeah. And in that sense, it's pretty uh fun there's the other interpretation you can have where it's about this rapist (laughs) (laughs) it's about a serial rapist (laughs) who stalks a high school uh yeah so like early in the film called nightmare on elm street (laughs) (laughs) early in the film freddie is just pawing all over 
Mary Lou and like uh-huh. fingering her against her will and uh, all of that. And then later on in the film, he gains success only by drugging women. <laughs> uh, so perhaps in the end, he and Mary Lou fell in love, but the fact that it happened because of the results of him using Spanish fly on her certainly tests the boundaries of consent. To say the very least. Certainly. I um, wouldn't disagree. That said, I did like this film. Uh-huh. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, I like James Bryan as a director. All of his films that I've seen so far have been fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. The I've seen Lady Street Fighter and a couple of the other ones you mentioned. Uh, obviously... I love Run Coyote Run. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would say that's the peak. Great. Good director. But uh, what about his films? Um, I would say that I I do like his films. They're not necessarily the most expertly crafted, but they're they're always a lot of fun. Um, This one is interesting because it really does a lot to take on the aesthetic that it's going for the whole early 60s, late 50s thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the doo-wop stuff is pretty cool. Something that it reminds me of is, um, in the late 60s, Frank Zappa, who is my favorite composer of all time. But one of the things about him is that a lot of his albums sound wildly different from one another because he was influenced by so many different types of music. Right. And in the late 60s, I think it's 68, um, Mm -hmm. but I may be like a year off. But like he put out an album called Cruisin' with Ruben and the Jets. Uh And it's not necessarily uh, credited to Frank Zappa or the Mothers of Invention, his band at the time. It's just called Cruisin' with Ruben and the Jets. And all of the songs on this album are doo-wop. Uh, R&B songs that would fit in the 50s and early 60s. Yeah. But they're all kind of parody songs. The fun thing about it is that apparently, like, radio stations that were still playing that type of music at the time uh, didn't understand that it was a parody album, so they just started playing these songs, even though it seems pretty on the surface, the fact that they're kind of goofy. And were apparently upset when they realized that it was a Frank Zappa album (laughs) and not just some fancy new group who's putting out this type of music. That's pretty funny. But uh, Frank Zappa being the guy that he is, like, the album is good music for the type of music that it is. Right. Just the lyrics are really goofy. The very last song is about committing suicide, which is pretty wild. Uh, that one get a lot of radio play? I don't know. Uh, it's called Stuff Up the Cracks. Like, the, the lead lyric is, if you decide to leave me, it's all over. And it's like, <laughs> it's somebody talking about, like, I guess, gassing themselves to death. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty dark and cool. <laughs> like, because it's still that catchy doo-wop sound. Right. Uh, it's pretty good. It sounds great. Uh, uh, anyhow, I'll but check it out. I don't know. I don't know from Zappa. Zappa is interesting, but I, I, I won't. I won't uh, keep this diatribe going because I could keep it going for hours. But I like Hot Rats. Hot Rats is excellent. Yeah, that's a good album. It's one of the best albums of all albums. Excellent. Uh, anyhow, 
Yeah, uh, let's get back on track. <laughs> high school fantasies. Um, I do really like Renee Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen a ton of films with her in it, but having seen both Frankie and Johnny were lovers and this like back to back more or less, uh, I am more interested in her. She was one of the first actresses in the porn era to have uh, breast implants. Oh yeah, um, I didn't know that. But they're they're not bad. Like there are a lot of breast implants, especially once you get into like the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. They look kind of funky. Oh yeah, definitely those like uh, those like uh, kind of like eighties silicon. Like I know there's like a difference. They'll do it. They'll do it like they used to do them like above the muscle and now right. they, i think they do them like below the muscle or something yeah and like a lot of the above the muscle ones have like that balloon kind of effect that right looks weird uh, either immediately or after like a handful of years right um <clears throat> renee's definitely don't necessarily look real when she's laying down mm-hmm. but they're not bad they're pretty good uh, but I mean, she's she's very cute regardless, and uh, I think she's got a lot of charisma. So I think she's a lot of fun, even though her character in this film uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it's kind of a film that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? <laughs> uh, I do like the whole Spanish fly thing going on. We have uh, Rick Lutz's uh, buddy, who's mm-hmm. uh, just making fun of freddie the whole time and like pretending to be his friend but also working in the background against him uh, banging his girl banging like his girl the whole time um like there's a lot to like here also uh i think it's worth noting and i didn't mention that like we have the early scene in the film where freddie and mary lou are doing it in the car or trying mm-hmm. to do it in the car uh, and then, like, uh, there's some headlights that flip on, and they realize they're being watched, and uh, Mary Lou's upset with Freddie and embarrassed. Uh, one of the things that's noted is that Mary Lou looks over to Freddie and notices that his pants look wet. So I think that they didn't, like, have sex or anything. I think that he may have come in his pants. Oh, definitely. Uh, as he was trying to get to the point where they were actually doing it. Yeah, it's, it's a Nixon voter for you. <laughs> Oh, she was also the policewoman in Mary Mary. Yes, she was. Yes, she think. was the uh, trainee. Yeah. Uh, and I think she might have been in one other thing we covered. I think she was like some, un- it says I think she was uncredited in uh, Altar of Lust. So I don't okay, even, I I don't even remember that. who she was. She wasn't the dancer. Okay. Uh, so I don't really know which one she was. She probably was just like some extra at a party or some shit. Probably, but... Uh... I, I definitely want to see more of her. I think that Frankie and Johnny were lovers. It's a film that I was more excited about when I saw it, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll talk about that more on the show at, at a time sometime soon. But yeah. um, this film is still a lot of fun to watch, and it goes a lot of interesting places. So I would say that the sex in this film isn't necessarily super hot. I feel like in the early 70s you know this is just you know probably less than two years after deep throat they're still trying to figure out the tropes and format of a sex film yeah and you would also said that they had 
initially had cut it or it was initially shot as soft core and they did right. a lot of inserts. So I'm sure that probably had some effect on the overall product. Yeah, for sure. So um, it isn't the most erotic film that we've covered, but I think that as kind of a somewhat comedic porn film, it it succeeds as being a fun film to watch at least. And if you kind of judge it on the merit of kind of like a, a softcore sexploitation film of the era, I yeah. think that it, it compares more favorably in that sense. Okay, so more like uh, both ways, flesh pot on 42nd Street type film in our uh, perhaps there's, there's probably a bit more sex in this than in those films, like a bit more hardcore sex in right. this than those films. But I, I would say that it compares favorably there, although like both ways is a way better movie, just because like it's it takes itself seriously and succeeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't take itself seriously, which is something that I like in a movie, um, and it exceeds in doing what it's doing. But I can't say that it's like uh, drop everything and watch it right now movie. You know, if you compare it to something like. Pretty Peaches. I think Pretty Peaches is a better movie as mm-hmm. well. But I had a lot of fun watching this movie, so I yeah. would give it three stars. Excellent. It's a little bit above average in that area, uh, just because of its its humor and uh, the the it, directions it takes. Yeah, it did seem like I said from like the very little bit that I did get to watch it. Kind of uh, did a good job of like copy in those like 50s kind of late late 50s early 60s like aesthetics like in regard to like uh costuming and sets and music i think it's worth noting how well it does as a period piece i mean you know you're going back like 10 years or so right so it isn't like it isn't like the naughty victorians where you're going back like a you know 50 or 80 years or whatever whatever it is oh time keeps on slipping yeah i know uh but (laughs) But um, still, I mean, it it is very competent in what it's doing. Um, I think some of the editing, because of the fact that they kind of went back and added a bunch of Mm -hmm. stuff, doesn't quite work out super smoothly. But uh, it is pretty successful in what it does. And it might be one of the more competently made James Bryan movies that I've seen, which doesn't necessarily make it one of the best. Right. Yeah. Competence might be bad for him. (laughs) <laughs> Perhaps, but yeah, it's a, it's a solid three. I would say that uh, it's it's worth checking out. It wouldn't necessarily be the first movie that I'd recommend if somebody was looking for a recommendation. But I mean, you know, if you've watched all the other movies we've covered, this would be good to watch. <laughs> Definitely, maybe watch this one over uh, like Savage Sadists or uh, The Big Snatch. Sure. Yeah. Um, watch Run Coyote Run. Yeah, watch Run Coyote Run, uh, which is available on the Agfa Blu-ray that also has Jungle Trap on it. I think it's advertised as Jungle Trap and Run Coyote Run is a bonus feature. It should be in reverse. I haven't Uh, seen Jungle Trap yet, but... I have, and I think that it's fun enough to watch but uh run coyote run is definitely the star of the show it's yeah excellent um so yeah that's all i I guess that's all i gotta say (laughs) 
So if you're running around the homecoming dance trying to uh, drug whoever it is to get in their pants, uh, don't forget your raincoat. It's a bad clothes. Yeah. 